Welcome to Opening the Door podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today you'll hear a conversation I had with Danny. Danny has also been on episode seven of the podcast way back last year, just around this time actually. And this time we are diving into inner child healing. We talk about a lot in this episode, including addiction. So I just wanted to let you know ahead of time in case you know you're not in the right headspace to have that type of talk. But overall, this episode is really full of lots of great stuff, great stories, and great sort of how to get started on working with and healing your inner child. Also, if you are listening to this in real time, it would be September 6th, 2023. Danny currently has a sale running on her website for 30% off her offering. So go check that out if you're interested in working with Danny a little bit more. Also, before we get into this episode, very exciting news. Anthony and I will be hosting a virtual event in early October all about ghost stories where you'll be able to join, tell your own stories, and we'll have Q&A time as well, possibly some readings if spirit wants to come through. So be on the lookout for all the details for that coming soon and tickets will be on sale on my website. We do have limited space. So keep on the lookout on my Instagram, Anthony's Instagram, to see when that is announced. And I'll be announcing it on the podcast as well when it's ready to go. All right. Enjoy the episode. And remember, don't be afraid to open your door. Today, we're welcoming Danny back to Opening the Door podcast. Danny is a certified Akashic Records practitioner, psychic mentor, witch, and vegan activist. Her mission is to provide and hold space for growth, healing, transformation, and advancement in this life and through all directions of time with Akashic Records accessing past lives and magic. Danny, welcome back to Opening the Door Podcast. Thank you for having me back about a year later. We are pretty much on the dot a year later. So Danny was on episode seven of Opening the Door, like the baby episodes within the first 10. And that was last year on September 14th. So I just love the little full circle moment. We're back. Congratulations on making it trucking through. Thank you. Yeah, super excited. To just You've continue. Made such a wonderful little podcast here. I love it. You know, Thanks. I, and your guests are great. Your content is great. And, you know, I'm not just saying that because I'm one of them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> so we talked to you a year ago, as we said. Has yeah. before we sort of jump into our main topic of the day, has anything changed in your spiritual practice since we spoke to you last? You know, like nothing and, and everything. Right. Because that's kind of how I think a spiritual practice is, you know, obviously um, I have more, I'm doing more, I've done a lot more things. I'm expanding sort of my focus and my practice a little bit in terms of my services and what I'm offering. And I think that, you know, your spiritual practice, it's supposed to evolve, right? Because we are evolving as, as humans and as, as beings ourselves. And so I'm finding some fun, you know, creativity in putting on different workshops and brainstorming different offerings besides just reading the Akashic Records. And I love what I do. I love accessing people's Akashic Records and past lives and really getting into that healing space. 
And also I feel very called to do other things, you know, mentoring people on opening their own channel has been wonderful and fulfilling. And also I'm feeling this like shift and it doesn't mean that I'm not going to offer mentorship because it is such a beautiful part of what I do. I love watching people like opening their channel and learning and like not being afraid and, you know, having, you know, good, healthy boundaries and just really accessing their own magic within, you know, that's like my big thing. And I feel like, you know, where I am now in life and in my spirituality, even more so is really like where my inner child wanted me to be my whole life. Does that make sense? Like as a kid, I was like in bushes making potions in like a tree stump, you know what I mean? Like talking to the animals and the trees and like just waiting until my 16th birthday when I would levitate and I would know for sure that like, you know, like I I was like Sabrina, you know, (laughs) my spiritual practice is solid as it ever has been. And one of the new things that I, I am offering is, is, you know, the thing that something that has changed my life and something that has been a part of my spirituality, especially in the last year, in the last few years, but, and that's inner child healing inner child and inner teen healing. And, you know, the work that I do in the Akasha allows me to speak to a lot of ancestors. And so there's a lot around breaking generational curses and, and, and trauma and pain. And, you know, it's not an easy job. And there's so many of us that are stepping up for this job right now. And so, yeah, I feel like my spirituality right now is really encompassing kind of ancestral work. And that's where that inner child and the inner teen healing come in. Mm, so cool. And such a perfect segue into like our our main topic of the day, which is inner child healing. And I think that has sort of become... We're definitely hearing it a lot more recently, I think. And I think that's because, as you said, a lot of people are called to step up and sort of do that type of work for their own lineage and stuff. Also, I think become a little buzzy, even in the, you know, like trending audios. It's like my inner child when blah, 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 you know, that stuff. So can you define for us like what is like, what is an inner child? What is your inner child? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Your inner child is you, you know, it's you as a child. And so, you know, you kind of have to think of yourself in terms of parts or like an onion, right? Like we're layered beings. We are complex, right? We're not just, I'm not just 34 year old Danny um, who's showing up today. I'm 33-year-old Danny and 32-year-old Danny and 31-year-old Danny and nine-year-old Danny and six-year-old Danny and two-year-old Danny and eight-month-old Danny because all of those have been me, right? And every single person that I've been, and I feel like I've lived four lifetimes in just this incarnation, okay? (laughs) The book is coming, (laughs) y'all. But, but, you know, we have all of these beings inside of us. And so, you know, the voice that we have in our head is oftentimes not our own voice. 
right? Especially that critical voice. And it doesn't always mean that it's our parents because maybe our parents weren't the problem. Maybe it was a teacher or a coach or a mentor or a babysitter or an older sibling or an aunt or a grandparent. Like it could be anybody, but like the person who spoke negatively to you, right? The per the, the one whose voice it is when you're telling yourself, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to be able to do this. I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this. Somebody said that to you. And that's whose voice is in your head, right? Somebody said those things to you. Somebody somewhere told you you were not skinny enough. And maybe it was some asshole on the television, but somebody did. And that little girl or that little boy or that little human inside of you, they grabbed it and they held it. That means you're holding it. To this day, you're holding it. And like, look, through the years of inner child healing that I've done, like I'm still there. I'm still every day working with them. I call them my inners. I'm my inner kiddo, my inner teenager. You know, you can call them your parts. I have a friend that calls hers her parts. I love that, you know, but really what inner child healing is, is getting in touch with those parts and giving them what they didn't have. It's not about blaming parents because our parents showed up the best that they could. And that's, that could be really not great, you know, but you know, I can't sit here and blame my parents for my shitty life, right? Because they had a short stick. They didn't have a longer stick to give me. So of course I got the short end of the stick because I got whatever stick they had to give me. So I'm not going to blame them. They should have done better and they're responsible for their healing and shame on them for showing up in that way. But that's not going to heal my nine-year-old inside of me who feels abandoned by her father. That's not going to heal the 12-year-old inside of me that's afraid of her mom, right? But what will is the healed adult me showing up for them and recognizing where they are running the show in my adult life. Because if we don't heal our inner child and our inner teenager, then you're going to notice a lot of behaviors that seem childish, that seem immature, that are coming out. Because, of course, they are. Mm. Nobody's hearing me, so I'm going to hit the wall. And only a 16-year-old acts like that. But what happens when the 16-year-old never felt heard? She's still inside of you, not feeling heard. Not even by you now. Right? Every time we ignore those parts of ourselves, every time we say, stop that, you're too loud, you can't do this, you're bad, you're fat, stop it. Every time we say that to ourselves, we're not saying it to our, our adult self. We are saying it to our inner child and our inner teenager. So I always like to say that I like to talk to myself like I'm an eight-year-old, right? That I'm an eight-year-old that I love because that is our emotional self 
Mm. We're just children. We're just wounded children walking around in adult bodies, especially millennials. And Absolutely. I see this, like you said, it's like trendy almost, right? But it, it's shadow work and that itself is trendy, right? Because these yeah. are not parts of yourself that you love. I don't like it when I have a tantrum because I'm not getting attention. But now that I've done the work, I know mm, I'm feeling triggered. Hold on. Who is it? Oh, that's my teenager. She's pissed. Yeah, she wants to throw this table. I need a second. I need a second. So then I can take a second and I can go, hey, Danny, what's up, babe? And she's going to be like, this motherfucker, you know, doesn't care that we're vegan and they're eating chicken at the table and they didn't even ask. And so I want to flip this table and I can be like, yeah, no, I hear that. That is so valid. And I, that's kind of rude, right? Sketch. Totally hear you, girl. <laughs> Fuck that guy. You know, um, how about if I go out there and set a boundary that that's not okay with us, can I do that instead of flipping the table? And she, because she knows that she can trust me and that I have her back, she's going to say, all right, all right, fine, go then, go. I don't see why we can't flip the table, but go. And then I'm going to go out and I'm going to say, sir, we don't eat animals on my table, right? That's my friend. <laughs> that's, that's offensive to me. So you're going to have to remove it. And I appreciate your understanding. And then, oh, so sorry, didn't realize. Let me just get that out of the way. And then guess who was heard? Guess who was validated? Guess who got her needs met? Not only the inner teenager, but me too, damn. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even have to flip a table. Wow, I love it. So how did you, you have a, you have a, I love everything you're saying. And so my follow-up question is like, how did you, start to get into this type of work, what, what was the thing that made you say, okay, it's time for me to do this work for yourself. And then now for others as well. Oh, Haley trying to get me vulnerable here. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll get personal. Uh, I'm not afraid. I got my own podcast. <laughs> so, you know, I started my healing journey. Hmm. Feel like I've kind of always been on it, but I really started this like radical healing journey following a divorce in 2017. And I went, you know, I started with plant medicine and really wanted to get to the core of like my consciousness and like fight my demons and like meet my shadow. Essentially, I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, but I wanted to do shadow work. I was feeling called and growing my spirituality. And through this healing, I discovered that I was an addict. And I, you know, have a family full of addicts. Um, I'm not, I don't drink alcohol. I, I don't do drugs. I was like, I'm not an addict. What are you talking about? Like this plant medicine, this ayahuasca is telling me I'm an addict. Like I've never even done mushrooms, like let alone, you know, um, now that was back in 2017. I have since done them. <laughs> I'm a very big proponent of plant medicine. Um, but you know, uh, she told me this medicine, you know, told me in the ceremony that, yeah, you're addicted to people and you're addicted to outside validation and you're addicted. You're using people as a drug is what she said. And I had no idea what she was talking about. I was like, what? That's crazy. Meanwhile, I didn't have any friends because I was too busy dating and sleeping with half of Portland and falling in love and looking for somebody to fill my cup, mm -hmm. right? To love me because I had been abandoned and I you know was 
just in a terrible place. I was living with my parents. I was 27. I was like going through my Saturn return. It was a dark night of the soul, my friends. And, you know, I went full throttle. And so I started to get sober from sex and love addiction. I did realize, yes, wow, I am 100%. Like somebody else's attention for me dictates my entire mood. Mm. Uh-oh, <laughs> I see where I see the problem. <laughs> I see what's happening here. So I started 12-step and I got sober. And through my sobriety in that program, that's called process addiction, by the way. So it is very much different from substance addiction, but very much still in the realm of gambling and shopping and right sex and love right. and codependency and all of that. So you know, I got sober from that. I I still work my program. I'm a sponsor. I'm I'm so grateful to that program because it changed my life. If it weren't for that program and getting sober, I wouldn't have met me. I wouldn't have met Danny because I was so busy being what anybody else wanted me to be because I never got that love as a child. I ne I didn't have unconditional love. I was neglected. I was abused. I I would do anything to be loved, you know, even abandon myself which is what I was doing. And so through getting sober, I started to notice my attachment styles and another program that I just knew that I needed to be in but didn't quite get into right away was Adult Children of Alcoholics and Dysfunctional Families or ACA. And this is a free resource to anybody who is interested in getting in touch with you know, it's a little bit inner child, you know, there's a lot of reparenting and stuff in the program, which is where I picked up on this concept. And so I worked, worked my, you know, sex and love addiction, um, worked all the 12 steps. I became a sponsor at, well, no, I didn't become a sponsor. I had a relapse. <laughs> and after that relapse, I was already in touch with my records, but I wasn't doing it full time. So my spirituality was there. My spiritual practice was there, but I wasn't doing it. I was too afraid yet still to take that leap and to let it pay my bills and to let it hold me the way that it was telling me that it was ready to hold me. And so I was in my records and I just said, um, you know, I, I had this like five week crazy affair with this girl. I thought, oh my God. Yeah. Right. Danny. Okay. So that ended obviously very toxically and very quickly. And it took me months to get over this. Like I was like really just so deeply ashamed and like I knew that I had relapsed and just thought I'm never going to get this right. Like I, and so I was in my records and I was meditating and just spending a lot of time with myself because that's all I could do. This was also like the height, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so this is all I could do was like be with myself and my deities and my masters and teachers. And, you know, I said, what, what is this? Like, I keep, this keeps happening to me. What is this feeling? And they said, try to remember. And I'm like, what do you mean? For days, my records just said, try to remember when it started. When was the first time you felt this feeling? And I'm like, I don't know, my first relationship, like what, my six-year-old boyfriend? I don't know, what are you talking about? And they're like, mm, keep going. And I'm like, all of a sudden, one day, I was like, it's my abandonment one for my father. 
And they were like, yes, child. Like, you did it. Yeah, I got there. And I was like, what do I do with this? And they said, well, you know what to do. So I marched my ass right into ACA and I worked those steps. And really, you know, did it change my life? No. Yes. Not in the way that slaw changed my life, right? I didn't like meet myself. There wasn't some big spiritual revolution. But what it did was it allowed me to get in touch with my inner child and my inner teenager and really just focus on making them a priority. And once I made them a priority, then they trusted me. They There's no more abandonment wound. So I recently did a plant medicine ceremony because I'm going through a whirlwind of stuff this retrograde season. So I very recently, a couple few weeks ago, did a plant medicine ceremony. And in the plant, like the begin, like I was going into the medicine and she said, go into your records. And I was like, ooh, that's scary girl. Like, do I want to open my channel right now? Do I want to open a whole ass portal? And she was like, go into your records. And I was like, yes, ma'am. So I firmed up my, my invocation and I went into my records and my records took my child. They took my inner child. And I said, what are you doing? And they said, this isn't about her. And I said, so like, that means that she's, dare I say, healed? And they were like, she's doing okay. And I was like, oh my God. So what about my teenager? And they said, she's gone with you, girl. And I was like, all right, let's go fight her, <laughs> you know? Um, and I fought for my life in that ceremony. But again, a lot of ancestral stuff, you know, a lot of like, you know, what do I need to do to protect my inner child and my inner teenager so that I can call in the the right love for me now, right? Because yeah. even through all this healing, I just got out of a relationship that turned out to be very covertly abusive for two years. And it's just a very repeating cycle. And so when you find yourself in these types of relationships, it's absolutely 110% the inner child or the inner teenager that are like, that's familiar. I want that because I want a different outcome. Right. And while the relationship did allow me to deepen my relationship with my inner child and my inner teenager, we were constantly triggered, obviously. So there was a lesson behind it. Right. But like coming out of that, you know, I needed to firm up my boundaries with my own mom. Right. I was like, hey, you're abusive. And she's like, you're abusive. And I was like, yeah, I expected you to say that. And that's okay. You live in that Delulu world. I'm going to protect me. And you're not going to have a relationship with me as long as you can't take accountability. And that's called a boundary. And my inner teenager was like, oh, fuck, yes, we told her, you know? And like, I didn't even have to punch a wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like, you know, all these people, oh, I'm so sorry about your mom we'll probably be able to repair at some point. But what my teenager needed in that moment was so much more important than keeping the peace for somebody else. Because if I would have kept the peace for my mom not to freak out, then I would have been abandoning that teenager. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
Don't get me started, girl. I'm sorry. There's so much, (laughs) such great descriptions, like such good stories to make everybody sort of understand. Okay. I have a little bit of a tangent question, but since you mentioned it twice, I just want to know if you have any advice for somebody who might be interested in experiencing plant medicine like you have. What's some advice for like finding a safe community or way to do that? Do you have any tips? Yes, I do. And thank you for asking because I really, truly, highly recommend plant medicine, whether it's psilocybin, whether it's ayahuasca, you know, you do need to make sure that you're minding your P's and Q's, that you're, that you're healthy, that you are not on any pharmaceutical medications that could interfere, you know, that kind of thing. But, and it is not for the faint of heart. It is for the warrior that is trying, like, you are not going to like trip balls and see cool shit, man. Like you're going to go and have an ego death. Okay. I call it a spiritual surgery. Okay. Like it's not for the faint of heart, but it is life changing and it can be life saving. Now, generally, number one, you want to go to Peru and you want to find a reputable shaman. And I do no reputable shamans because I have contacts because I've been there enough times. And so reach out lionheartliberation at gmail.com. I am happy to put you in touch with a safe, good shaman. If you cannot get to South America where you should go, okay, you should go there because that's where it's grown. That's where it lives. That's where it's, that's where, that's where it is supposed to be, right? If you can't, then you do want to find somebody reputable here and you've got to be kind of sly about it. It is not legal. And there's only one person that I know, and that is the shaman that is a friend of mine that I've done ceremony with. And it it was the most profound ceremony that I've ever done. We're actually hosting a ceremony September 30th and October 1st. So I don't know if this is coming out by then. Yeah, it should but, be, yeah. But email me if you are interested. You know, Portland, well, Oregon. Perfect. It, good. We have good a small know. circle. As there's only limited availability. But we both felt called after the ceremony that we went through together. And I do feel like I had the uh, permission of the medicine to facilitate. I am not the shaman. I will never be the shaman. The shaman is the shaman and he is wonderful. And yeah, I'm honestly happy to help anybody that is in search of this. Because if also, if you are wondering, like if your interest is piqued about this this particular plant medicine, um, she's calling you. She's calling you. The records call you. Spirituality calls you. She is a very spiritual medicine. She's calling you. Mm. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much. So everybody, yeah, I'll I'll obviously link Danny's website in the show notes if you're interested or, or just need to learn more. Okay. Perfect. Tangent over. Let's get back into the inner child. Love so it. my my follow-up question to this is I I can hear people listening to this or even myself maybe back in the day listening to this and be like, okay, can you draw the connection for us between inner child and teen, inner teen healing and spirituality, if that makes sense? Like, I think it probably seems obvious to some and yourself and myself, but I'm wondering if we can just sort of draw that line between the two of those things. Cause I think it's talked about sort of in, in mainstream psychology as well. Um, so if we can just connect it a little bit more to all directions of time and sort of the Akashic records and and that sort of spirituality. Um, I think that'd be good for listeners. Absolutely. Another great question. You do this work to meet yourself. You do this work to become the highest version. Okay. 
we want to lead from our highest self. We can't do that from a wounded space. So you start from the root chakra, baby. You start from the infants. If you got to hold your baby because nobody held you, then do that. There are things that you need to like learn and do that are going to feel uncomfortable because you didn't have that. It wasn't comfortable for me to say, I love you, Danny. You're doing okay. It wasn't comfortable for me to rub my arms or rub my legs or hug myself or, or pat my head. But now I will. If that's what I need to rub my chest, to soothe myself, to take a bath, a bubble bath. Do I need toys in the bath? Absolutely. You meet yourself, right? It propels you to a higher space. So the all of our purpose is lessons and growth and evolution. Like you can come to the records and ask what my purpose is. I'm going to tell you the same thing that I tell everybody else because the records tell me every single fucking time we don't come here with just one purpose. Our soul has many purposes and each of our incarnations is, uh, is a trajectory of how, what, are we going to get to one purpose in this lifetime? Are we going to get to 10, right? That's totally up to us. But this work, the reason it's shadow work, shadow work is spiritual work, right? And yeah, it's very mainstream because it needs to be, because that's how big, that's how collective the calling is, right? You can be Christian and be like, I'm going to an ACA meeting. You can be Jewish and be like, I need an ACA meeting or a CODA meeting, Codependence Anonymous, or a Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, right? The, 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 you know, I, I identify as a fantasy addict on top of sex and love because let me tell you, as a kid, that was the way I was able to dissociate and escape. I didn't have TikTok yet, right? So like I... Might have been shopping in the grocery store with my mom, but really, I was a secret agent on a mission to save the world. You know, I'm looking for bad guys. You know what I mean? Like, in my head, I was in a totally another world all the time. And so part of healing that child, she doesn't have to escape anymore. She can just be in the present moment with me, and I don't have to escape because we're safe now, right? And so when you feel safe in your body, when you learn how to sort of regulate those emotions, when you meet your inner child and your inner teenager and all these different parts of you, you really meet yourself, right? I yeah. know so much about myself and I would not have known that if I wasn't communicating with my inner child and my inner teenager. They are so wise, my kid was like, hey, you're a witch. And I was like, you know what? You know what, six-year-old Danny? You're right. You know, like she's stoked. She is stoked that I am a witch. Like yeah. she's just like lights up. She's like, I knew it. I knew it. And I knew it. And was that really an imaginary friend? I was like, no, it was not. Spirits. She's like, knew it. I think back to my child, like when we're children, we are so open, so vulnerable. There were things that people would say, and I would be like, that is the biggest crock of shit. And it's like, how did I know that? Because I was already in touch with my angels, because I was already who I am today. I was already mm. vegan. I was already 
speaking to trees and animals. But I was gaslit by society and by the people that were supposed to take care of me and by the religion that I was indoctrinated into to say that's not true. And then my teenage years were full of angst and, you know, partying and narcissism because fuck it, nobody understands me. The child holds the the sadness and the loneliness and the guilt. The teenager holds the rage and and the resentment and and all of them are valid. Hmm. And our only job when we're showing up for our inner child and our teen, because I hear a lot of people being like just inadvertently that voice that comes in their head. No, that's not how we do things anymore. Stop it. I do it to myself. I'll be like, Danny, honestly. And then I gotta be like, I do love you though. You know, <laughs> I do love you. And that was fine. We're fine. It's fine. Um, but, you know, I hear people that are like, no, like I'm trying to do things differently. And I'm like, bitch, we know how to do this differently. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We're not talking like that to ourselves. That's not. How is that making you feel? Shame? Yeah, not surprised. What if instead we say, hey, I know that that's how we've been doing things for a really long time. It's hard to break habits. But hey, let's try to remember. I believe in you. You got this. We can do this better. And I'm here for you. I got you. I love you imagine how much easier it's going to be to instead of be like, you know what I think is funny? To, hey, I've been thinking about something. Can we talk? Do you see the difference? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It can be so subtle, but like your relationships change. Your boundaries change. Um, You become more protective of yourself, which we all need to be more protective of ourselves, you know? And it's the protection that these inner kiddos just didn't have. They just didn't have it. They didn't have the guidance. They didn't have the love. They didn't have the whatever it is. Again, not blaming our parents. Their responsibility is to heal themselves. We can't go to the place that hurt us and expect it to heal us. So we, we can do that for ourselves. That's breaking the generational trauma. Mm. There's this really great, vision that the uh, Akashic records have shown me about this very like um process and it's like our ancestors had like started with like this rock and like it just became a boulder and like it just they've carried it and they've moved it from child to child to child and it's down this line this whole line this never-ending line and it eventually gets to this person who might have a child in front of them because they have a child or it might get to this person who's like I don't want to pass this on to my brother or my cousin or my niece or the next child in line And so, but it's heavy. I can't keep holding it. And so we have this choice of putting the boulder down, right? But you can't just drop it because you're going to break all your toes. So you got to slowly put it down. But once you do, it can't be passed on anymore, right? Think of like a a row of matches and you light one and like all of them are going to light. But if you pull one down in that row, then it stops and no more matches get lit. Duck. Mm. (laughs) Just duck. 
you know, and that is what inner child healing is. It's ducking. It's mm. putting the boulder down. It's hard, but but we can do it. We have the power to do that. So how do we go about meeting our inner child or inner teen? So there's lots of ways through meditation, through conscious stream of writing. You can certainly check out programs like ACA. There, you know, like I said, meditations, like there's, you know, meditations on Zoom. I'm actually getting ready to launch an inner child healing and teen package. It is a six week program. And as much as I wish that I could just like give this to my community for free, you know, we live in a capitalist society, unfortunately. So um, I am trying to figure out ways to just make it a little bit more accessible to a larger group of people. But I also need to see the interest, of course. But this is, you know, where we work one-on-one. And the other option is that I may do group settings so that it is cheaper and Um, But it's a six-week thing, and I teach you how to get in touch with and how to get into a habit of connecting with your inner child and inner teen. And we get into some pretty deep topics. It is shadow work, right? It's very different than like my um, channeling course where I teach you to channel. That's super fun and, you know, easy and lighthearted for the most part. This can get heavy, but... I love holding space and I love seeing people connect and I love to see how it, it changes them. You know, it's, I have a beta group right now that's doing it. I always do like a beta group first to make sure that it's worthy um, and good and it'll work. And, um, you know, one of them is a mother and like, she's saying halfway through that, like, even her relationship with her own children is changing and, and, and it's, it's beautiful, you know, and then, then makes it worth it. And so, um, we all deserve to feel loved unconditionally. And most of us, I'd be willing to, to glean at least some of us, if not most of us really don't know that yeah. we are a traumatized generation. <laughs> um, and that's because our parents are from a traumatized generation, but we have the strength and the awareness to say that it can stop with us. And so why not, you know, another book that I can, or another book, uh, a book that I can recommend for those that maybe aren't even as spiritual, but, or want to get my is, um, it didn't start with you. And it's literally about how like our grandmother, our grandfather's like trauma is embedded into our DNA. So yeah, it's fascinating how it's it, it is scientifically proven that a lot of this stuff is passed down in your actual DNA in your body. It's just yep. it's a fascinating topic. Yep. And and also so um for me, so much validation and proof that like our spirit and soul is really also very connected to the body that we're in, which is, which is so important to remember. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, a lot of like people with chronic pain, myself included, this type of work can really uncover a lot. Yeah. You know, we are in this really incredible spot as a collective where we get to say, hold on, I don't want to hold my mother or my grandmother's or my great grandmother's anger. It's not mine and it's not serving me. 
And so I'm going to make the choice to give it back. I'm going to make the choice to let it go, right? Now, this is shadow work, right? I need to befriend this anger. I can't just fire her. She's part of me. But an anger can be sacred. I told my I told my current therapist, like, once we're done with this roller coaster, we're going to get on the anger because I still really want to get ahead of that. And I think part of what I'm realizing, even through just the work that I'm doing now, is that I don't need to get ahead of my anger. I just need to learn how to dance with it a little bit better. I need to learn how to befriend this shadow of mine because all she's trying to do is keep me safe. Mm hmm. And I can only imagine the turmoil that my great-great-grandmother was in to be this angry. Honey, what happened to you? Right? And frankly, I know, right? Because it's the same things that are happening to me. Let's do things a different way. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So what are some things that you do to like sort of heal your own inner child and and inner teen? We talked about sort of like how you speak to your inner child or inner teen, but are there any, is there anything like physical in this, in this world almost that you do to help heal those two uh, people inside you? Yeah. I try to make time for play. That's huge. Like if I want to take a bath, baths are always my inner child time. Like she just loves a bath and I do too. And like, I remember this one particular time where I was just, I had a popsicle and I was in the bathtub and I was just like, this is just so fun and magical. Like I was just like geeked on this simple, tiny little pleasure that I just knew it was my inner child. Like check me out, mango pop in the bath with a pink, what are they called? Bomb, bath bomb. Oh, bath bomb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, with pink water. I love this, you know? So doing things that invoke and include your inner child, right? Um, If I'm doing any sort of magic, like if I'm making a vision board, like I will let my inner child in on that, you know? I consult them sometimes, you know? Like, how do you feel about this person, right? Because if you love them, we should probably run. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like they are very wise in their own right. You know, my inner child had to grow up really fast. She was very in tune. She's the reason that I can pick up on energies and know a shift in the room. You know, my teenager, she's feisty and she gets shit done, you know, and she's like a go-getter and she's really good at making friends and she's extroverted and she's fun. And so, you know. If I'm hanging out with friends, I'm like, game night, I'll include her. And also, you know, the biggest thing is like really paying attention to when you're having different emotions. And I don't mean negative emotions, just different emotions and being curious about where that's coming from and why and who, right? If I'm like all of a sudden feeling anxious out of nowhere and nothing's particularly happened, I can go in and check and be like, hey, is everybody okay in here? Like what's going on? And maybe something triggers a memory of like, my teenager's like, yeah, this is like the day that so-and-so dipped out or broke up with me. And I'm like, oh, honey, okay. Like, what can I do for you? That's the thing. That's the, that's, that's the thing I will like, I'll drill into everybody's head is like, your only job is to listen, validate, and support and comfort. 
it is not to criticize. It's not to argue. If if your inner teenager comes to you and is comfortable enough to say, fuck you, you haven't been here for me and I'm angry at you and I don't want to talk to you, your job isn't to say, how dare you talk to me that way? Somebody's already talked to them like that. Your job is to say, I hear you and I want to thank you for letting me know that you're angry with me and I want you to know that I'm going to keep showing up. And I'll wait for as long as you need to talk to me and trust me because I know it's been a long time and I should have been here before and I'm sorry for that. And I'm sorry that you don't feel heard. And thank you for telling me how you're feeling. Imagine being a teenager who's not feeling heard and hearing that from an adult. Can you? (laughs) You know? Nope. Exactly. Yeah. So... Over time, talking to yourself in this way, talking to them in this way, when you're triggered, when something happens, they don't need to be the one to jump into action. She can say, my adult's got me. She's not my mom, but she's my mom. She's my adult. And I can trust her. I couldn't trust my mom. My child couldn't trust her dad. Right? But they can trust me. And that counts for a lot. It counts for a lot. Yeah, it makes absolutely. Me feel good. That's where the healing is, I think. And yeah, is inner child slash teen work for everyone? Of course, of course. You know, there are obviously some of us who are inner child and our inner teenager are running the show a little bit more. People that are really struggling with relationships, people that are really struggling with self worth, self esteem, chronic illness and pain, etc abuse really badly, you know, I very much encourage those people to to embark on this journey in some way. Again, if you can't afford to work with a spiritual mentor like myself, there are free programs like ACA. If you're in a small town, there's online. You can't get away from them. So there's no excuse, you know, and yes, it's a 12 step. I know that that's not for everybody, um, but they are, they are moving towards a more sort of non-secular, non-binary way. You know, a lot of times they are not talking about God anymore. It's just higher power. And we all have a higher power. There is a higher power. Okay. The tree outside of your house is higher power. Okay. (laughs) It's bigger than us. And so, you know, if you can kind of get past some of that, verbiage and and vocabulary which is valid i had to get past it too i have my own uh religious trauma around it so there's definitely no god that i subscribe to she's obviously a goddess so (laughs) (laughs) but uh but yeah so you know, but yes, like everybody's been hurt. Everybody has, like I said, it could be a coach, it could be a babysitter, it could be your fucking neighbor, it can be Everybody can benefit from getting in touch with. Maybe your inner child doesn't need healing. Maybe you have a totally secure attachment. You're from the Midwest. You grew up with your mom and dad and everything was fine. And you guys had dinner every Friday. And good for you for, you know, being Mother Teresa in a past life. Good for you. I don't have any hate. (laughs) I don't have any beef. Um, But I'm sure if you went somewhere inside, something is holding on. There is a, a canon event somewhere that, you know, matters and um and sticks with this yeah absolutely and I would say like it's impossible to be I just think I mean I'm not a parent so I can't really say but I just think it's it has to be impossible to be a perfect parent literally all the time you know so like I'm sure everybody's got their stuff but yeah that's all good stuff to remember this has been such 
a great conversation with you, Danny. And I'm going to ask you my final question, which yeah. is the always question. So you've kind of already answered it. Maybe we'll switch it up a little bit to to valid in today's topic. And that is what can someone who's listening right now do in their life to open their door up to their inner child, I will ask, instead of their psychic abilities? What can they do to open up their door to their inner child? Okay. Simple exercise that you can do. Set a space, do a little meditation if that's part of your practice. And then for the inner child with your non-dominant hand, get some paper and some crayons or markers or whatever you've got and let them draw you a picture. And then respond to them by drawing them a picture or writing them a letter. For the teenager, let them write you a letter. Write a letter to them. Maybe they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> it's, it's not uncommon that people are like, I am not picking up on anything. I'm like, that's okay. They don't trust you yet. It takes time. It takes time. And, Amazing. you know, just having a consistent practice and becoming aware, becoming aware of your own behaviors where you're like, okay, is that coming from my highest self? Like, did I just call my partner a dick because they're a dick or because my teenager got triggered? Mm, good question. Good question right? for me to ask for sure. There you go. <laughs> right. Yep. And maybe your partner is being a dick and it's totally valid. But did you have to tell them that? Or could you have said, I didn't appreciate that? It's all about, right? Emotional maturity, emotional maturity, and emotional intelligence. And I think that that's what inner child and inner teen do give us. Mm. Love it. Danny, thank you so, so much for being here. And giving us all the info and and giving us some good exercises and some perspective on this topic, which can be tough sometimes. So I thank you so much for coming on and bearing your soul and helping us out. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I am launching that inner child healing in the next month or so. So the best way to just beyond that is uh, sign up for my email list. Because when I do launch programs like this, I only take a few clients per month and they do tend to to fill up because I obviously have to leave space for my Akashic readings and mentorship and all that too. So, uh, but I'm really, really looking forward to launching this and I will be also doing, um, hosting some virtual retreats around it and classes as well, like, you know, group types of things so that it can be more accessible, but yeah. Thank you. Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much, Danny. You're so welcome. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at Opening the Door Podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com and you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.